Hello, everybody. Welcome in to this week's edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, superstar tandem here, John Simmons. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. Enjoying this extra hour of daylight we get now. Yeah, I know. It's always well, it always comes up when you least expect it. And then it happens and it's like, oh, my God, it's it's finally the winter's kind of getting past here. So it's feeling good. Steven Asantoski is also with us today. Steven, you put out a plethora of Michigan basketball videos this past week. Are you you got an IV of, of coffee in you right now or are you good? I, I'm OK. I don't have a whole lot of coffee in me, but uh, uh, maybe Red Bull today. Yeah, no, I do. I cut I cut back from Red Bull. We got a soda stream in this oh. house and you can order this like disgusting syrup that emulates a Red Bull and oh. nothing is more. Um, I don't know what the word is. You just feel terrible pouring in this syrup into like some very clean looking, just sparkling water. And oh, then you yeah. uh, you pour in the the monster energy and you just feel like you're you're making a concoction of stuff that no one should drink. So it, it turned me off of energy drinks. So I'm strictly coffee, strictly coffee. Yeah, that well, that, that I think that's probably for the best. I've never personally been an energy drink guy. I, I think I've tried Monster maybe one time and I was like, nope, this ain't it. I'm just going <laughs> to stick with coffee and tea. John, I don't know if you are a uh, advocate of energy drinks, but uh, I'm a coffee I think guy too. Coffee. I'm coffee. Yep. Okay, real quick, and then we'll get into recruiting. You guys put cream and sugar or just straight black coffee? Black coffee. I, I put cream in. Yeah, I, I'm a cream guy too. I There are times where I'll, I'll have it a little black and then put just a splash of cream, but I'm most for the most part, I, I, I go cream for sure. Um, I'll tell you, the only reason I do black coffee is for the laziness. I don't need anything else. <laughs> After Steve. a while, it was just like, oh, I got to buy another thing for this coffee. Forget it. I'm yeah. just going to drink it how it is. <laughs> One day, perhaps I will uh, grow some more hair on my chest like you have and drink black coffee. But for today, I'm just going <laughs> to stick with the French vanilla or the hazelnut or whatever I can get my hands on. Fair uh, enough. Not too picky there, but <laughs> let's uh, let's let's inch our way toward Michigan football recruiting, as we usually do on this podcast. And uh, unfortunately, we're going to start today's show on a not so great note. We talked last week about the linebackers recruitments here for Michigan and how they've shifted toward a specific type of linebacker. And one of the top guys for Michigan in this 22 class is in that kind of bulkier kind of linebacker role. And that's four-star Josh Burnham. He is from Traverse City, uh, fringe top 100 guy. Over the last week or so, all of the crystal balls have flipped from Michigan to Notre Dame. And now he is set to announce his decision on his birthday this week, March 17th, which is probably when this podcast will drop as well. So uh, it's not going to be a great St. Patrick's Day for the Wolverines is what the crystal balls are at least saying. So if this indeed happens here, I think this would be a pretty big loss for Michigan considering a, he's a top target guy. They've been recruiting him forever. Two, uh, he, he is a top 100 player, and he's in state. Thirdly, you'd never want to lose a top guy in the state that you are actively recruiting and, and have atop your board. And at, at one point, he was really considered a lock to the University of Michigan. 
given that his family, big Michigan fans, raised him to be a Michigan fan. And obviously Jim Harbaugh and all those guys were recruiting him very hard and they still continue to recruit him hard. But John, I want to ask you because of that, what's the problem here? Why has, uh, why have all the crystal balls changed to Notre Dame? And is there anything Michigan is doing or maybe not doing to lose out on his recruitment? Yeah. Well, I think it's kind of hard to say for sure why he decided to go to Notre Dame or why we think he's going to go to Notre Dame over Michigan. But I think one of the main reasons is just the amount of turnover that Michigan's had in their linebacker spot since he's been uh, become a major prospect. You know, he's, he was offered by the Don Brown staff who coached linebackers himself uh, at Michigan. So that was a big deal to him. And he definitely was uh, building that bond with him for a long time, but then, you know, Brown gets let go and then comes Mike McDonald uh, and uh, Brian Jean- John Marie becomes his lead recruiter uh, and looks like he's going to be his position coach. But then he unexpectedly ups and leaves for Tennessee. So now he's on his third uh, recruiter here at Michigan. So I think there's just a lot of uh, transition that uh, has made it hard for him to get a good feel for the program and maintain that like that deeper relationship that I think he's looking for. Um, so I think that's definitely a big part of it, uh, which is really tough to see. Cause you know, like you said, he, I think his family grew up as big Michigan fans. He got a bunch of crystal balls to Michigan, right. As he was offered, which is usually a good indicator that he's going to commit at some point mm-hmm. or another. But I think Notre Dame just coming off a, a season where they make the college football playoff compared to Michigan's two and four season, I think looks really good. They hired, uh, Freeman as their defensive coordinator from Cincinnati, which is one of the hot, he was one of the hottest guys yeah. in the market this off season. So I think that was a good big splash and definitely uh, played a big role here as well. It's interesting too, because within the last few weeks or month or however long it's been, I can't remember specifically, but Michigan kind of shifted the way that they've been recruiting him to at first, it was just all linebackers. And, and, and then they kind of shifted more toward an athlete kind of recruitment to where it was like, hey, you could play linebacker, but you play quarterback in high school, too. So maybe we want to try you out at quarterback. So I don't know if that had any impact on his decision to uh, potentially commit to Notre Dame, which is obviously what we all expect to happen uh, on his birthday there, March 17th. But. Uh, it, it's very interesting. You throw that in with I, I and I agree with all of what you said, John, with the the staff turnover and there being so many recruiters in his ear from one school. And now with Notre Dame locking in Freeman, it just seems like there's a little bit more stability there uh, in the recruitment. Steven, I want to get your take on this as well. How do you feel about this recruitment as a whole? Because a guy that we've talked about quite often on this podcast over the last uh, six months to a year is Rayshon Benny. And obviously it was like, it, it, it seems like it could be a very similar recruitment here to where Benny seemed like a Michigan lock committed somewhere else. Michigan got the flip from him last second. Maybe Michigan can whip up some magic in this one as well. How are you feeling about this recruitment as a whole? Do you think it's really over once he commits to Notre Dame? No, I don't think so. And I think it, it's, you know, if it is a comfortability thing, you can understand that with Jean-Marie leaving uh, with the new hires that Notre Dame had. Maybe there's just a better better fit for him at Notre Dame, add in the success 
as John mentioned, and that could be just enough to swing it Notre Dame's way as of now. This is one of the recruitments where the results of a season could absolutely swing in the favor of a certain team. And I think him being in the state will only accentuate that, right? Say Michigan puts together a really good season. Uh, there's a lot of buzz if recruits, you know, knock on wood are able to go see a game and Michigan is doing really well. Uh, there's a higher likelihood that he'd be interested in sniffing around, you know, especially because as you mentioned, his family are, are, are big Michigan fans. So there's just a lot of, a lot of things that could ride about uh, riding into the season that if Michigan uh, does well, and I think it's even independent of Notre Dame, because I think Notre Dame will do fine. But I think because of the surroundings of Joshua Burnham in state could lead him to just sniff around a little bit. And I think that's all you need. If you can get your foot in the door a little bit, prove that this new staff is one that can produce on the field, that can be enough just to swing him back in, in Michigan's favor. Because Michigan led for a really long time, and that's pretty rare to see a guy uh, just completely you know, go all in on a different school. I, I think there's, there's room to make up, of course, obviously with a, a, an impending or a, an upcoming commitment elsewhere. But again, there's lots of factors that you could see Michigan working their way back into it. If things go well in 2021. Yeah, it, I, I agree with that as well. I do think that if Michigan puts in a solid effort on uh, the field this upcoming fall, yeah, maybe a recruitment like that does end up swaying toward Michigan at the end of the day. Obviously there's a long way to go. Uh, if, if he does end up committing on the 17th here, uh, it's March. And these kids aren't going to be signing until December uh, at the earliest. So, I mean, or perhaps February, next February, which is a, a <laughs> impossible to think about at this point, 11 months away. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I do think that if Michigan proves something, especially on defense this year, and Mike McDonald comes out guns blazing and they have one of the top defenses uh, in the Big Ten, I think that would go a long way and potentially getting a flip from a guy like Joshua Burnham, because I feel like, and John, I'll ask you this too. I feel personally that a guy like Burnham would excel in this uh, new defense that we expect to see in Ann Arbor with multiple linebackers out on the field at once. I, you would ex expect to have four or five linebackers out on the field uh, more often than not under Don Brown. Obviously it was a lot different. You'd have a, a couple linebackers in your Viper, but with the defense that we expect to see, John, I just feel like Burnham would really, really excel uh, in this kind of uh, new scheme that Mike McDonald has coming in here. Yeah, I think one of the biggest selling points for Burnham's game uh, that Michigan uh, really liked about him was his versatility. Like he would be able to play one of the, the micro will inside backer spots and also, you know, put his hand in the ground or play a an outside linebacker rush or buck, whatever they're going to call it, uh, and two that can get to the passer. So I think they would be able to move him around the formation a lot and allow him, uh, you know, him committing could keep their uh, recruiting board open still. And, you know, they could go after guys at every position instead of, you know, a guy like maybe Joshua Josephs, who's more a pure edge rusher guy, you know, you land him and then, so you kind of, uh, check that box and move on to different positions with Burnham. You can just kind of see where you stand with 
the rest of your board and then go after the guys that uh, are you're getting the best uh, interest from and uh, his because you can move him wherever there's a spot. So I think that's uh, one of the biggest benefits that they saw in him and it would, uh, you know, allow them to open up their defense a lot more, do a bunch of different mm-hmm. things, disguise their blitzing or, or their package uh, that they're running. So I think that's definitely a, another uh, blow that Michigan will have to deal with if they can't get him back in the fold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it would be a tough pill to swallow for sure. Um, but on the optimistic side here, they are in on a lot of linebackers in this class. As we discussed last week, they're going after a ton of guys. Jalen Sneed being a top 100 guy that they're going after. Sebastian Cheeks being a a fringe top 150 guy from Illinois uh, that they continue to be in on as well. And then a few of these newer guys like Lander Barton, this 6'4", 215, kind of like a Joshua Burnham clone from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. They're in on him as well, recently offering him. And uh, Micah Pollard, obviously, being the main guy that we discussed last week, uh, definitely in on him as well, 6'3", 200. So um, definitely going for that mold of a of a linebacker there in this class. So uh, definitely would be difficult to, um, to deal with, for sure, if you're Michigan, having a, a, a top in-state player like Burnham go to uh, one of your biggest rivals in Notre Dame. It's definitely never fun. And obviously, Michigan and Notre Dame have a lot of recruiting battles every single year because they go after a lot of the same kids in the Midwest who also have a high academic ceiling as well. And uh, and Josh Burnham is definitely one of those kids and it it would definitely be a tough pill to swallow um, for Michigan come Wednesday. If that is what happens, which is uh, probably likely considering that all of the crystal balls, like I mentioned earlier, are in for Notre Dame uh, for Burnham. So we'll definitely uh, see what happens. And, um, is St- Steven, I'll, I'll just uh, throw it over to you uh, for final comments here, just about like the linebacker recruiting in general. And uh, if you view this uh, Burnham recruitment uh, as a, uh, as big of a loss um, a- as what some people might see, given that he's a top in state kid, but they are in on a lot of linebackers. So uh, how do you view all of that? Yeah, I think it's, it's less of a miss for the, uh, player that Burnham is and that's not to discount his ability I think Michigan will be able to find find guys in the linebacker position I think it's uh, just for the sake of keeping the best players within Michigan keeping that in-state recruiting going I think Michigan's had a relatively good stretch um, besides losing a couple guys like you know Bama SEC country so losing a guy to a Midwest to a rival hurts uh, more than losing of the ability that Burnham brings. So I think Michigan's roster at the position will be just fine. I, I think the the coaching and the recruiting at the position uh, will, will be perfectly fine without Joshua Burnham. But in, in terms of keeping a guy like him away from your rivals uh, to be still in the Midwest and go to a rival school, that hurts more than anything else. So yeah, um, I'm okay with it, you know, but um but that stings a little bit more than if you went to, you know, like an SEC school or something. Yeah, it definitely does. You, you, you don't like to see top kids go to the Notre Dames or the Ohio States or the Michigan States, just because those are obviously the rival schools. And um, it, it's never fun to, to see that happen on the recruiting trail or on the uh, transfer portal market. Um, 
like with Ben Van Sumeren, but that, that's another conversation for another day. We won't get there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am with you. I, I think that they are in on a lot of kids at linebacker in this class. And they, they've obviously honed in on the position and they're, they're going to land some of these kids. There's no question about it. Um, it. It's just a matter of time and we'll certainly see who it ends up being. Um, and we will update all of y'all when we do get those developments here. But um, I, I think that's going to wrap up that segment. We'll come back and we're going to talk about quarterbacks, which is a, a position that we haven't really discussed much and for good reason, but now there's definitely good reason to talk about it. So we'll uh, hit you guys with that uh, after our word from our sponsor from Homefield Apparel, which is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfortable, but it's officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. The team over there at Homefield, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies. And with all of that, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And Homefield has some really awesome original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else from t-shirts to crewnecks. They got it all to keep you cozy for this upcoming March madness season. So if you are looking for some vintage apparel, look no further than home field and use that promo code that we've been blasting at you guys over the last few months, MNB to get 20% off your entire first order. Again, promo code MNB at checkout and you'll get 20% off your entire first order. So head over to homefieldapparel.com and utilize that 20% off code today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to wrap up our podcast today. Talk about quarterbacks. And it has been a very interesting progression here for the quarterbacks in this 22 class. Definitely differs from 21 where JJ McCarthy hopped on board pretty quick and they kept him locked in throughout the entire class there. Never wavered once. And it's definitely not that way in this 22 class. It seems like every quarterback target that they've had on their board uh, has either left them off their top list or has um, decidedly went somewhere else. And um, it's starting to become an issue here to where I, I begin to question if they will even get a quarterback in this class. And uh, just a few guys uh, to roll through here. Uh, Crystal Balls are coming in for Rutgers for top 100 quarterback Gavin Wimsat. Taven Jackson, who is a three-star quarterback, left U of M off his recent top list. Uh, as far as I know, there have been zero developments with MJ Morris, who is a, a top 100 quarterback. Uh, Drew Allar recently committed to Penn State. He was uh, recently offered by Michigan. He's from the state of Ohio. Uh, Cade Klubnick, he quickly committed to Clemson when he got that opportunity. Uh, five-star Malik Murphy committed to Texas not too long ago. And then one of the first offers that Michigan dished out was Nico Markiel. And he ended up committing to Florida State after it seemed like Michigan was really in on him for a while. And then it seems like they backed off. Uh, there were a few crystal balls for Michigan at one point for him. And then everything flipped to the Seminoles and he ended up committing there. So, John, at this point, it, it really seems like Nate Johnson may be the only real option here. The three-star from out West in California, uh, a six foot two dual threat quarterback is what they list him on 24 seven sports. What do you think of him and uh, how high do you think he could end up rising in the rankings? Because he's barely a top a thousand guy at this point. 
Yeah, I think right now he's definitely more of an athlete than a quarterback. Um, you know, he's a uh, very dual threat. He's probably one of the fastest guys in the country. So he has that uh, going for him. He runs like a 10-8 in 100 meters. He's clearly uh, really speedy. I think his trainer expects him to hit maybe the four threes in the 40-yard dash. So he's a really strong runner. Um, and he, so he has that dimension to his game. It's just the questions on his ability to, to throw the ball, which is obviously – uh, important as a quarterback. So I think that's what uh, the, the analysts see from him um, is that's going to determine his, his ranking and how it goes from here. So uh, most of them is it's going off his sophomore film right now, since he's in California and they didn't play this fall. So, but he is having a season right now that's underway. So yeah. I think that um, is giving him a chance to, you know, get uh, seen again for the first time in a year and a half. And uh, I think he does have uh, some eyes on him now that he got that Michigan offer and, uh, you know, a few more, I think PAC 12 offers have come in. So I think he, he definitely is uh, piquing some teams interest. And I think his, that early offer from Michigan is going to, going to help with him a lot. He's established, he's starting to establish relationship with them earlier than most other Mm -hmm. schools. And I think they're definitely his best offer right now. So uh, Michigan may have done a good job, you know, scouring the 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 tape um of guys across the country and maybe looking for someone with a different skill set they can add to their room uh their qb room after landing jj mccarthy um who's more of a pro style guy who's not gonna uh you know tuck the ball and run very often so uh maybe they'd be looking for a guy that if it doesn't work out a quarterback they can move to a different position you know if mccarthy hopefully locks down the spot like uh he's expected to so maybe they can move him to a wide receiver defensive back um, and still u- utilizes his speed and skill. Yeah. His other offers right now are from Fresno state, Oregon state, San Diego state, San Jose state, and Utah um, primarily being recruited by Josh Gaddis, according to his uh, profile on 24 seven sports. So yeah, it's going to be interesting how they end up recruiting him and, and how many bigger offers he's going to end up getting. Obviously, that Michigan one is the one that sticks out, like you said, John. Um, but we'll certainly see uh, if that ends up leading to uh, more offers, especially with his high school season currently going on. Uh, you would imagine that most eyeballs would be on these kids right now, especially from the rankings evaluators, uh, folks like that. So, Stephen, I want to get your take on something uh, earlier. I would mentioned that with all of these quarterbacks either uh, leaving Michigan off their top list, getting crystal balls somewhere else, or committing somewhere else, uh, just a little bit of me feels that maybe Michigan doesn't get a quarterback in this cycle. They got one in the portal this offseason. J.J. McCarthy could end up taking a big step. Maybe Cade McNamara ends up taking a big step. All young quarterbacks at the moment uh, on the roster. And, of course, you, you can't forget about Dan Villari. You know, um, I, I know that he's like the 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 lower ranked guy in the room, but you can't forget about him either. So they've got four young quarterbacks in the room at the moment. In your opinion, Stephen, do you find it necessary to take a quarterback this cycle? Uh, and if so, why? So I wouldn't say it's necessary. I would say it's risky, right? Because you're not always guaranteed to get someone from the portal. I think it's just a different different skill to attract quarterbacks through the portal than through recruitment. Um, I totally could see Michigan going without 
a quarterback, but a, a Nate Johnson is exactly the guy that you want because a guy who can run mid four fours, who's also six three, can be utilized in a ton of different ways. And he's kind of your best case scenario to me because, uh, like John was saying, you can deploy him elsewhere. Um, most of his sophomore highlights, I believe almost all of them, were wide receiver and only recently has he started playing quarterback. So, you know, there's lots of raw aspects of his game, but um, being able to to pitch the versatility that he would be offered at Michigan and having those options opened up to him at a large university like that, it's it's just the case now where will another program of Michigan's size or pedigree, whatever you want to call it, step in and kind of offer the same, right? I think that's the only thing because I, it's just, he's just too risky at this point in his career to truly take as a quarterback for most programs, unless they're in the same exact situation. Like you said, we have four young quarterbacks competing for a starting spot. It's just not something that he's going to do the first two ish years, probably in his quarterback career. So, you know, I, I'm personally okay without, with Michigan not taking a quarterback just because I feel like the depth chart has plenty of guys now. I mean, how many times have we seen where one guy transfers, one guy gets injured, and then you're down to two guys and it's really scary. So I, I, I think that's kind of the, the reason where I'm always in favor of taking a guy, even if he's a, a, a lower ceiling guy or, um, or I'm sorry, I should say lower, lower floor guy like Nate Johnson, the ceiling's really high, but it's just a matter of getting there. So he's the exact kind of guy where if it doesn't work out, um, he'll, he'll get transitioned elsewhere and, and you can see a path for him pretty easily at wide receiver. And um, it's the most realistic option compared to other teams who have more favorable depth charts to attract quarterback talent. Yeah. I, I at the end of the day, I do expect Michigan to get a quarterback at some point in this class just because I feel like if there was any opportunity for them to miss out on a guy like in the 2020 class, when they took Valari, it was a very late addition to the class. They, I mean, unfortunately the situation that they had, they had to go for somebody. Um, so I, I, I'm curious if they will end up having those same feelings in this class. If, if things continue to go the way that they do with Wimsat looking like he might go to Rutgers and MJ Morris. There's been no news there and everybody else is either leaving him off the list or, or uh, committing somewhere else. So I really, at the moment to my eye, John, it looks like really the two options um, you got Nate Johnson and then Dequandre Smith, who is a guy that they offered around Christmas time. Uh, there are a couple crystal balls for South Carolina, uh, but he was talking very highly of Michigan um, before that, but uh, the downside to uh, DeQuandre Smith is that he was offered by uh, Brian Sean Marie. So um, it, we'll see if they end up picking up the pace there with uh, a new quarterback coach, Matt Weiss. And uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all goes, John, just because I feel like for the most part, uh, since Harbaugh has been on staff or the head coach, uh, the quarterback position, it seems like it, it gets addressed pretty quickly on in these recruiting classes. And now it seems like this is, this is really the first class where there it's just the biggest question mark out of any position. And uh, it, it doesn't really look like a, a commitment is, <laughs> is pending anytime soon here. And uh, it could become a major problem. What say you? Yeah, I definitely think that uh, 
it's an issue to not be on quarterbacks right now because they, they commit the earliest out of any position. So you look at like the, the number of four-star guys already. There's 23 four-stars in the 2022 class and 15 are already off the board. So including the top uh, eight, I think it is. So there's going to um, there's not going to be a lot left if they keep waiting. Um, I think there are, you know, a couple guys that they could pick up interest with. Um, one is Tevin Carter, who's from uh, Tennessee, who, where, you know, they actually both of these quarterbacks are from Tennessee. Um, but Tevin Carter's from Memphis, which I think Mo Linguist has done really well in uh, landing Cody Jones from there already this cycle. Um, the only thing with him is he was offered way back in 2018. Um, and Ben McDaniels is listed as his primary recruiter. So clearly he was more of a target of the, the former staff. And so we have to be, it's yet to be seen if they still like his game. And the, the second one is, is Destin Wade, who is a dual threat guy from uh, Spring Hill, Tennessee. And Michigan hasn't offered him, but they have offered his twin brother, uh, Keaton Wade, who's a high or mid four-star linebacker that yep. they really like. And so, you know, uh, being twins, I think it's likely that they're going to end up at the same school. Uh, so I think if Michigan really likes uh, his brother, which I think they do, and they have a need at quarterback, I think that it makes a ton of sense for them to offer him. Um, he's also, you know, a dual threat guy, so he could bring that that different dimension that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do think, you know, there is something to be said that they haven't offered him yet. So they probably, they definitely have evaluated him and just uh, don't, uh, for some reason, like his game or whatever. But I, I think that even if they want to take him and start him out at, at quarterback and then move him to, to an athlete uh, and see where he goes, you know, 6'3", 205, he can play, you know, safety or something like that. So I think that would be a strategy if they, uh, really are desperate and uh, want to get his brother as well. Well, with with the California season going on, I'm going to be really interested in seeing how uh, Nate Johnson ends up playing uh, moving forward because I, I feel like a lot of eyes are going to be on him uh, uh, just because he's the one guy that has been brought up a lot recently. And who knows, maybe he could rise up in the rankings a la Xavier Worthy having Michigan offer him when he's a three-star and then he ends up blowing up and becomes a a big-time prospect. Um, Definitely not saying Nate Johnson would rise up the rankings like how Worthy did, but could be a a very similar progression there. Mr. Ostentoski, final word. You got anything else for me, buddy? No. Go Blue. Beat beat the Minnesota Golden Gophers tonight in hockey. It's on Big Ten Network. Check it out. Yeah, BTN. Oh, actually, by the time people have watched this, uh, I'm going to be bold. Michigan beat the uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers in the, oh. uh, in the semifinals. I'm going to, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to predict it. I'm knocking on wood as well as what, I'm saying this. What's your score prediction? Need a score too. It's going to be three to two in overtime. Oh, okay. That would be a good game. I'm all for yeah. it. I yeah. am all for it. Uh, a- any predictions real quick for uh, March Madness? Oh boy. Oh boy. I, I have Michigan in the final four. Um, man, I don't, I, whew, it, it's really scary. Hard to see anyone, but Gonzaga winning it all. Um, I really like Ohio state to make it past Baylor in the, uh, oh, okay. it, as the number two seed. And then um, Illinois, I want to pick, but they have just the hardest region with Loyola and Oklahoma state to get through. So that, that region I'm, putting off as far as I can. So I have Michigan to the final four. Uh, Florida state is really good, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still got to figure it out. 
I haven't filled out my bracket yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe Sister Jean comes in full force again with uh, Loyola. We'll see. John, what do you got? Have you filled out a bracket yet? Yeah, I'm going bold. Uh, all Big Ten Final Four. I'm going to say it. Nice. I dig yeah. that. So <laughs> what is it? Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Ohio Iowa. State. Who's the other one? Iowa. Iowa. Beat Gonzaga, which will be tough, but I think they can do it. It's going to be a, a grudge match from earlier in the season. Yeah. yeah and, I want to see that one. What, what's your championship game, John? Uh, let's say Michigan over Ohio State since they're being. Uh, oh, man. Oh, here. man. I, I love that. I'm all about it. I am all about it. Um, I would love to see a, a Michigan, Illinois rematch too. And just because of all the smack talk that they've been given and, and I, I just love to see a rematch. I, I really would, but Michigan, Ohio state, that'd be great too. Um, can't go wrong with that. So uh, I'll fill out my bracket and I'll keep you all posted because I'm sure that everybody listening is incredibly interested <laughs> in what my bracket looks like. Of so, course. <laughs> so I appreciate all you guys for listening today. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where are you at? At Simmons underscore John. Steven? At Steven Toski. Give Maze and Brew a like and follow on all the social media platforms. You know where we're at. Uh, follow Steven's work on YouTube as well, putting out content daily. Uh, please uh, support him in his efforts to uh, get more coffee, more coffee creamer maybe uh, eventually, and uh, uh, get off the Red Bull machine. And uh, give all of our uh, podcasts five stars. We would appreciate it. Uh, subscribe and uh, do all that good stuff. Uh, a major thumbs up there. So we definitely appreciate y'all for listening. And we'll come back next week with some more Michigan football recruiting news. But until then, go blue.